Welcome back to the In The Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and this is episode number 19. In today's episode, I want to talk about how we can tackle conflict in leadership. Now, you look around, there's conflict everywhere, right? It feels like there's a lot of discourse in the world, the, the country where I'm located in the United States. It just feels like conflict is all around, whether it's around um, vaccines or even just the coronavirus in general, um, school, politics, um, racial, uh, all, all kinds of conflict is around us. And I see so much of this discourse ending up in a really detrimental way where it feels like we are just talking at each other or past one another and not to each other. We're not really able to really listen, to really feel, to really hear and understand what people are going through and how to um, deal with that conflict as it comes up. So I think this is a really great topic. It's also a topic that we're going to discuss this week on Twitter for Leaders Chat. Uh, Leaders Chat is um, the conversation that I co-host uh, every Wednesday at five o'clock Pacific. So if you go over to Twitter, type in hashtag leaders chat. You will find the discussion on the conversation. So please join us uh, one week. We are there every Wednesday at the same time, five o'clock Pacific, to talk about different leadership topics. But this week, we are really going to dig deep into how to tackle conflict. So I wanted to use this podcast this week to do a little bit of a double click on the questions that we will be discussing during that conversation. So welcome to the show. Okay, so we're going to talk about tackling conflict in leadership. Now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, a lot of us don't like conflict, and a lot of us probably try to avoid it. I know for much of my life, I have really tried to avoid conflict. Um, some of us might you know, run away or try to push it aside and pretend like it doesn't exist, or we might try and meet it head on and really confront that conflict. And I want to stretch your thinking a little bit about this because this is something that we actually I actually learned about in my coach training program was this idea around how to challenge people versus confronting them and the difference in that. So if you have a very strong belief or an opinion about something, let's say you're having a really heated disagreement with somebody, is there a way that you can challenge them in a way that leaves you whole? leaves the other person whole, but it's not in a way that's confrontational. To me, there's a really big difference between being able to challenge somebody and be able to state your belief, maybe draw a boundary, and you know, really confronting them. Because confronting them to me has a very negative kind of connotation. It means that we are maybe weaponizing our beliefs. Maybe we are really, really attached to our beliefs. So it's, uh, you know, almost impossible for us to kind of take a step back and be that observer of that conversation and just really try to hear what the other person is saying. I feel like at the root of it in a lot of conflict, that's what it is. It's that attachment piece. It's that I'm really attached and identified to this belief or this thought that it is impossible for me to be able to detach myself and take that step back to become an observer. Now, I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts about how important it is 
to become that observer of your own experience about getting to that place where you can be in more of that higher self where you are not driven by the parts. You are not driven by your saboteurs. You are not driven by your habitual patterns of thinking, but you're able to really kind of take a step back and really become less attached to whatever that idea or thought is and really be able to hear people, really be able to lean into that conversation in a way that isn't confrontational. So I feel like that is a really big journey to embark on is really start to really detach yourself from these really strong beliefs and ideas. And I believe that that's where a lot of conflict comes from is our really deep attachment to a thought, belief, idea, whatever we identify ourselves as. We become, and, and usually a lot of times, speaking from my own experience, that where you come from is a place of, of wounding or trauma or something that's very tender. So for me as a coach, when I'm working with a client and they're talking about conflict and they're talking about being really attached to something. For instance, maybe you're a manager in an organization and your employees are saying, I refuse to take the vaccine. And let's say that you, the manager, has a really strong opinion like, no, I believe we should all be taking the vaccine for COVID to help each other. You know, I know people who have died from this disease. I take it very seriously. Um, and the other person might be digging their heels in and say, no, you know, I really, it doesn't, you know, whatever the reason is, right. There's a lot of different reasons, but that in a, that in and itself is something that I'm hearing a lot lately where there's this conflict. And for me as a coach, I would be looking at that as a trailhead. And one of the things my therapist talks to me a lot about is if I come in and presenting a problem that I'm again, feeling really attached to, I'm like, this is really bothering me and it's really upsetting me. A lot of the first questions she'll ask me is, that sounds, or one of the first things she'll say is, that sounds like a trailhead. Like, where do you think that's coming from? Or what's kind of behind that? Because what that conflict or that really strong attachment means to me is that I'm putting up a wall and that's to protect something that's more vulnerable behind it. And usually a lot of times that vulnerability has a story, it has a voice, and it's really just trying to get your attention. But if we aren't aware of that and we don't understand ourselves, we can't see it again from that observer standpoint. We are basically that wound. We're basically that trauma. And when we are acting and out in the world, living in our wounds and our trauma, we are projecting that out to people. And, you know, in some cases, possibly rightfully so, like it's a very deep, real feeling for you. Um, but I don't know how well that helps to resolve conflict or I don't know how well that brings people together. So is there a way for us as leaders to be able to look at our own wounding, to look at our own trauma, identify that, feel it, really understand it and develop this space where you can become an observer of your own experience so that you can have more productive conversations. So you're not so attached to these thoughts or ideas and it opens your perspective up to new possibilities. Now, one of the first questions we're going to dig into here for this conversation today is, what does conflict mean to you and how have you experienced it in your personal and professional life? So conflict to me is all around us. Um, there is never a moment when their conflict isn't being presented, whether you're in line at the grocery store or you're on the road and somebody cuts you off. 
To me, conflict means that there's something being triggered inside of me. Now, I am a big believer in I don't want to put as much of my focus on what is happening around me, outside of me, because there's so little that I can actually control about that. So when conflict arises, first thing it tells me is like, okay, Jen, what's happening to you? What are you feeling? Where is that coming from? Again, having that deeper understanding of yourself, I think is so, so important because then you start to understand and you can start to untie that knot of understanding of, you know, where that wounding is coming from. Because, you know, if it's not coming from a wounded place, you will find that it's a lot easier to have that space to be able to be present and be unattached from your your feelings and that like charge, that trigger that you have. So conflict to me, again, means that triggering, that um, things that just come up inside of us that make us go be angry or um, react in some way. And of course, I've experienced it in my personal and professional life. Um, I, I, I think I've talked about a few of my really big triggers, one of which is I feel at times like this sense of justice and the sense of, you know, things being right. So when somebody cuts in line, let's say at the supermarket, that has happened to me before. And that has really triggered me because I feel like I have a belief of I should try and treat people how I want to be treated. And who's to say that their you know time is more important than mine. And it's just not right to do that. Right. So when things like that happen, they're always good reminders to me to kind of take a pause and go, okay, what's coming up right now? What am I feeling? Where's that coming from? But having that curiosity practice to really kind of dig a little bit deeper and really try to understand and build that gratitude and compassion. So I, I see it a lot. Um, I Like I said, I've been hearing it a lot in workplaces around uh, the COVID vaccine and especially here in the U.S. Um, with the executive order that has come down and people just feeling conflict um, and having a lot of really strong opinions about it. So I don't think there is a shortage of places for us to experience conflict and then, it, you know, practice um, developing this new relationship with ourselves and developing a new way of experiencing conflict. So the second question is, conflict can be uncomfortable for many. Why do you think that is and what holds us back from really leaning into it? Um, like I said before, I think that for conflict, a lot of it is that wounding and that trauma. It's about something gets triggered or activated in us, and we fall back into some habitual pattern. We put up our walls. We say we aren't budging on this belief or this feeling that we have, and we project that out to others, and that can, in a lot of times, create more conflict and create more resistance. Um, so for me, it's about really getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. So when you're in a situation when you're feeling really triggered and maybe you have a lot of, you know, reasons to be triggered, you know, I, I, something could come up and you could, you know, people, you know, if you asked 100 people, 99 people would agree with you and say, yeah, that probably wasn't right. But at the end of the day, for me, conflict isn't about like who's right or wrong or it's not about how to how to solve it. It's about how do you have that deeper understanding of yourself and how do you develop compassion not only for other people but for yourself and really be able to take that that magnifying glass internally and say okay what's coming up because those are normally little trailheads for you to take a look at and say oh i have some wounding there because 
maybe when I was small, something happened, you know, as I was a small child and something happened and it was very traumatic and scary for me. And now this thing is happening and it's reminding me of that. Um, A lot of times that is actually what's happening to us, but we perceive it as I need to either villainize um, another person or I need to use this as a weapon towards because I believe that so strongly. I wonder just how much conflict we are creating for ourselves just because we have some of that trauma and wounding that we've never really kind of dealt with and, and tried to heal. So how can unresolved conflict erode the safety and well-being of an organization? I think this is probably one of the least talked about things in the workplace. Um, we all like to talk about, like, let's bring our whole selves to work. Let's all be happy and create, you know, well-being and all this stuff. But we don't really talk about trauma. We don't talk about um, organizational hierarchies and how that could be reinforcing um, unsafe workplaces, uh, how conflicts that don't get resolved because the person who might be, you know, instigating that conflict is supported by the vice president of that organization. So you feel like you have no recourse to have that conversation. I also feel like people don't want to have those conversations. So as conflict ar- conflicts arise and you get triggered and things happen, we don't feel safe enough to really lean into that and have those challenging conversations. We want to avoid it. We want to just brush it under the rug, pretend like it doesn't happen. And every time we do that, every time we avoid the conversation, brush it under the rug, we are eroding that safety in the organization because as more and more things come up, we just continue to brush it under the rug and people start to feel the effects of that. So I feel like we are constantly eroding that safety and well-being, and it's not something that we just do and it's done. It's something that's built every day, and it's something that's built and could be broken apart all in the same day, and then we have to rebuild again, and then maybe it falls apart again. We need to rebuild it. Um, it almost feels like you're building a sandcastle on the beach, and as the waves come in, right, as the waves are coming in and it comes in and knocks down part of your sandcastle, you know, you go, well... I just need to start rebuilding again, right? You rebuild the sandcastle and then another big giant wave comes in and washes it out. It's that process um, around building well-being and safety in the workplace that I don't think we talk about. It's not something that's just done. I believe it needs to happen through conversations and I believe it needs to happen through us really acknowledging that there's trauma and wounding happening in the workplace every single day. So I think we can all play a part in that. And I think we can all, if we do our own internal work, especially if we can start to heal our own wounds and trauma, then we can start helping others do the same and start having more of those um, challenging conversations where, again, you're leaving people whole, resourceful, and capable. You're not, you know, stripping them away or you're not trying to dominate them or win, become victorious over something. Um that is all ego-driven. That is all our attachment to our identity, our, our beliefs, our thoughts, our, our things that we hold valuable that we think are the most important. And we don't leave that space to be able to have that understanding and be able to have that, that conversation to really bring people in to be able to have more productive discussions and leave people feeling safe, like there is well-being Like we can resolve conflict in a way that again leaves people whole. What role, if any, does a leader have in tackling conflict? I think this is a great 
you know, question. And I personally look at leadership as everyone has a role in leadership. It's not a title. It's not a status or a pay salary within an organization. We all have the opportunity to be leaders. So, you know, what role do we all have is doing the work ourselves. I think, you know, if you can find a really great therapist or a really great coach that can help you figure out ways to manage and regulate yourself better and have a deeper understanding of yourself, I think will help kind of build that really strong foundation in organizations to help build that safety and well-being that we're all saying that we want to do, but we're not really actually doing. And it's not a check the box activity. It's not just a, oh, fluffy, like this is, this sounds like a really good thing and let's all do it. We know we, it sounds good, but we're not actually doing it. You know, I think it, if you have the ability, the access, the means, the resource, go out and get yourself support. I think we all need it. But anybody who's in a leadership position in an organization, how they can help tackle conflict is by having those conversations and being okay being vulnerable, being okay um, stepping into conflict and creating that space and demonstrating those skills and being able to demonstrate, hey, I'm not attached to my beliefs or my ideas or my ways of thinking. I'm open to this. I'm inviting you into these conversations. I'm inviting you into this conflict to resolve it in a healthy way. I think people in leadership positions can really model that behavior. And I do believe in the ripple effect. I think that the more we start modeling this, um, the more that people will, will start you know, understanding like, hey, that's okay. That's okay to do. Like my boss does it. I'm going to also do the same. Or, you know, my, someone on my team is being really vulnerable. That, you know, makes me feel safer to be vulnerable. But the more, you know, we need to talk about these things, the more we need to demonstrate what it actually means to tackle conflict in a productive way. So the next question says, think back to a time when you really tackled, tackled a conflict in your pr professional life. How are you able to handle it effectively? Now, this kind of goes back to, you know, some of my thoughts on previous questions, but I believe it's about, again, having a better understanding of yourself and being able to manage yourself in a way that allows you to create that space so that you can give people an opportunity to occupy, occupy that space with you so they can bring their own opinions and thoughts and ideas and you can challenge them potentially in some ways to maybe stretch their thinking, but in a way, again, that leaves them whole, resourceful, and capable so they're not feeling defensive, they're not feeling wounded, they're not feeling like they left the conversation just completely blown apart, but have a conversation so that they can speak their truth. You can speak your truth, but speaking your truth for something, be an advocate for what you believe in. Don't speak from it. When we speak from it, that's the wounding. That's the trauma. That's when we are triggered and we are being very edgy and just having that really negative energy come across in the conversation, which I think then causes the other person to want to put their walls up and kind of defend themselves. So how can we invite people into these conversations? How can we invite people into new ways of thinking? Um, I think you can do that also through curiosity, through asking questions, through just being open-minded and able to create that space so that people can feel safe enough to come into the conversation, 
share their thoughts and ideas, and then think about ways that you can also help them flip maybe their understanding um, or their ideas and ask some questions about how do you, how do you think about, how can we think about this in another way? What is another perspective we can bring to this situation? Um, but asking questions that helps people kind of stretch their own thinking, I think will really help, but I think it requires that safety first and that not feeling like I'm going to be attacked, not feeling like I'm going to be ganged up on, or I'm going to, there's going to be some kind of retribution against me, but feeling really, really safe. And I think we can provide that space if we're able to create that space and be less attached to our own beliefs and ideas. So the next question is, what skills can leaders develop to become more comfortable with uncomfortable situations that arise in their teams? Um, so for me, you know, like I've been saying all along is I think practicing that is really an important skill set. I personally try and do that a lot. There, like I said, numerous things that I just know are going to be triggers for me. So a lot of times, even before I get in my car, I'll, you know, kind of remind myself, okay, Jen, we're getting into the car right now. I know sometimes you can get triggered by things like pay attention and just start to notice like what's happening um, and see, see how you react and see if you can catch yourself before you kind of go over the edge and get really triggered by something or, you know, whatever it is, but use those small little moments in life to practice how you want to react and how you, you notice your own tendencies are to react to something and then start to really develop a new practice. Um, in a previous episode, we talked about positive intelligence. Um, that's a really great, simple, quick, easy way, some simple, quick practices that you can use to really get yourself back what I say into your body, into your, into the moment, when we tend to get triggered, we tend to get kind of outside of our body. We get very kind of detached and, um, we get very triggered, but when you're able to do some of these small little tips that allow you to get really present and get really grounded, it allows you to kind of break that, that cycle. Um, cause I look at these habitual patterns as just things like defaults that we fall into based on how we've handled situations in the past. So how can we break that cycle, I think is a really important topic. So whatever works for you, whatever little practices that you have. Um, but I think it starts with just really noticing and just being really aware of when things are happening and how you're reacting. So I think those skills are really important. A lot of the, um, the interpersonal skills, developing, uh, you know, a better understanding of yourself, having a curiosity and reflection practice, I think is a really great skill set for people to develop just to say at the end of each day, reflect back on all the things that happen and say, you know, to yourself, how did I handle that? And if I were to handle that differently tomorrow, what are some things that I could do? Um, or even having a compassionate practice towards yourself and say, Jen, you know, I know, I know that was really tough. I know it was really tough for us today when, you know, that person cut you off in the car and you had a reaction. Like, I get it. Like, but if you even notice in the language and the tone, it's so much different than why did you do that? Why are you always, you know, reacting? We can't act that way. That's not good. I don't want to be that way. Like, there's a different um, tone. There's a different way that we can approach that situation in any situation, if we have that curiosity and reflection practice that has compassion for self at the roots and the foundation. So the next one's an affirmation. So it says, starting today, I promise to tackle conflict by, 
for me, it would be being more aware and being kinder to myself. Now, one of my tendencies is I have a really strong inner critic that likes to really judge and be very harsh with me at times in the way that I think. So a lot of my practice, you know, and it's not starting today, it's something that I'm going to continue is, you know, developing that kindness with myself and developing more of that compassion with myself so that I can be the best version of myself. I mean, that's my goal. Actually, one of the intentions I had for this year was I wanted to bring more of a calming energy to the world and be able to, when people talk to me, um, have them feel more of that calming energy versus that very edgy, rigid, angry, um, triggered type of energy. I wanted them to feel that calming energy. And part of that cultivating that calming energy is really getting to know myself and really being able to reflect and have developed that compassion, that really deep sense of compassion for myself. And one of the ways I do it is by acknowledging myself and just you know, saying, you know, Jen, that's really tough. Like how you acted and how you reacted, I, I understand like that was really painful for you and it's okay. And I also know that I want to be different. So what are some things we can do next time that will have a different result? Um, so again, developing whatever that kindness, mindfulness practices for yourself, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's been great for me. And, and I also want to put out a disclaimer though, too, like I'm not perfect. Like there are definitely times where I get triggered or activated and I'm completely unaware. And then maybe five minutes later, I catch myself and I'm like, oh man, I did it again. You know, (laughs) I mean, I try to again, have more of a friendlier approach to it. It's not like, oh, Jen, why did you do that? And, you know, pile on myself, but more of like, okay, I, I did that. That was upsetting to me. And I know where that's coming from. I can feel why that's there. Um, and I know what I want to do differently next time. So I'm going to try and commit myself to paying attention And the next time that comes up, here's how I'm going to handle it differently. But it's, again, I always think of it as like developing a new relationship with yourself, whatever your current relationship is with yourself. The transformation for me feels like that shift, that that change that comes from that deeper understanding and just having kind of this friendlier, kinder, more loving, compassionate um, approach to how we handle ourselves, I think has a direct effect on conflict and how we tackle it every day. So the last question is actually a quote, and it's actually by one of my favorite authors, Pema Chodron. And it says, the only reason we don't open our hearts and our minds to other people is that they trigger confusion in us, that we don't feel brave enough or sane enough to deal with. To the degree that we look clearly and compassionately at ourselves, we feel confident and fearless about looking into someone else's eyes. Wow. I mean, that basically... I think more beautifully (laughs) sums up what I was just saying, right? I feel like that compassion piece is so huge. And the question is, what does this say about leadership? And for me, what this says is compassion is the root of all leadership, is compassion for ourselves first, is how we build our leadership sense. Like if you want to be a really, really great leader, understand yourself develop that really deep compassion for yourself first, that will in turn give you more confidence. It'll make you more fearless 
And then you will be able to extend that out to others and be a really, really effective leader. One of the biggest things that I, mistakes that I see a lot of leaders make is they are living in their triggers. They have moments. I think we all have moments of being in like that higher self perspective where we're really empathetic, we're really compassionate, we really connect with people. But I see a lot of that flipping happen, happening into being really, really triggered. Um, so they can be really compassionate. And then you see on the flip side, this, this trigger that comes up in it, and it can be very intense. And you think, wow, like how can you go from being <laughs> really compassionate and feeling that really good connection with a leader and then having them flip and turn into almost somebody else? Um, and I think we do that a lot. And I think it's just a matter of the really great leaders I've worked with have a really great sense for being able to manage themselves better and have this practice of wanting to be really curious, be really aware, be really mindful, because we can't start to have that kind of an impact on people outside of ourselves consistently until we start having that impact on ourselves first. So can't really look clearly into someone else's eyes until you yourself can be fearless, confident, compassionate, empathetic, and have that really rich, deep understanding of yourself first. Well, that was actually it. That was all the questions we had for leaders chat topic this week. Um, I just wanted to do a quick double click into some of these questions. Uh, I'm going to be mixing up the shows a bit. I'm going to do some of these formats here where it's more geared towards the leaders chat community where we are having this conversation every week on Twitter. But I'm also going to be having some more facilitated conversations with different leaders um, in all different industries. I'll probably bring on more therapists as well because I feel like their thoughts and perspectives are so needed in the world today, especially as we navigate through the end of this pandemic and all of the things going on and into 2022. Um, we really need healing at the end of the day, in my opinion. I feel like we need more healing in the world, in our communities, and especially in organizations to help people feel more whole, resourceful, and capable. So if you guys like the show, you can check out. I have a new website. Um, if you are new to the show, I have a new website that I just launched where you can find all of these episodes, great information. You can go over to intheleadshow.com and you'll be able to find all of the previous episodes. You can subscribe. You can share it. You can leave me a comment reach out to me, connect with me. If you're interested in some coaching, you can reach me through my coaching website at coachwithinsight.com and connect with me there. Reach out to me. Let me know. We can have a conversation. Um, and I'd be happy to have a conversation about tackling conflict, about mindfulness, about how to be the best leader that you can be. Um, head over to those websites. I'll also link those in the show notes in case you didn't catch the full website that will be included. And we'll be having, I'll be having other topics as well. I will probably be pausing next week. So there probably won't be a show next week because I will be out of town for the week. Um, but I'll pick back up the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States. And then after that, I'll probably take a pause for the month of December. I like to usually take a pause towards the end of each year just to do some really good reflecting do some healing work for myself and really get into a really great frame of mind going into 2022, where I have a lot of really cool stuff lined up for the show. So I can't wait to bring 
all of that to you. And I appreciate your time. Appreciate you walking this journey with me. We're on episode number 19, which is kind of crazy to me. When I started this, I thought, oh, maybe I'll just do a few episodes and see how it goes. But it's been a lot of fun. And I hope all the listeners out there are getting a lot of value. So I appreciate you. And I look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>